What you been up to today? Well, let me tell you, Nick. I went for a walk. Before, oh. Um, and a couple of things happened. Okay. Um, number one, saw a pigeon with a limp. Okay. That's really oh, that's rare. Quite a bummer. That's rare to see because pigeons, you know, traditionally considered a bird, quite often up in the air. You you wouldn't know if they had a limp when they're in the air. So you, most you, of the pigeons that I know spend a lot of time on the ground. You see more ground pigeons, do you? Yeah. Hmm. I don't see a lot of pigeons flying. They're just they're How kind of lazy, I think. Well, I suppose. Sometimes you do see pigeons take the subway. Have you seen that? No, I've seen a sub I've seen a pigeon eat at subway, but I haven't seen it take <laughs> the subway. Yeah, they they probably that's the main audience for subway these days, I think. If you're a pigeon, Subway is right up there for restaurants yeah. for you. Um, but yeah, it really, really put a dampener on my day. I woke up with a lot of energy this morning and that really bummed me out, you know, because it just sucks. It already sucks being a pigeon. And now you're a pigeon with a limp. I don't reckon it sucks I mean, being a pigeon. There's you don't food... think it sucks being a pigeon? No. Okay. Think about your various birds, right? If you had to pick between being like a rare owl... And an eagle, and the eagle like only eats a certain kind of prey, and you have to go hunting for it, and you're stuck in the woods, and you got no friends around. Or you had a choice to be a pigeon, and you're like with your friends in a park, people are bringing seeds to you, and you're just like walking around, getting real fat, eating anything you want. There's food everywhere, and you're with your buds all day, every day. You're living it up. This is this is peak bird life. Yeah, that's not a bad point. Although I would take being the rare owl, I think, in that scenario. Because if owls are that's solitary so elitist. animals. That is so elitist. elitist. You think you're an eagle. Well, let me tell you, buddy, you're a pigeon like the rest of us. You're a pigeon I'm limping saying, around through this world like the rest of us. No, you switched the game. Uh, you said, what would you rather be? And I said, an owl. I know, but you think you only want to be an owl because you think it's like more morally pure or more like aspirational or more like philosophically interesting to have this kind of uphill struggle. But let me tell you, mate, pain isn't interesting. Contentment is where it's at, right? You want the inner peace of being a pigeon, squatting around, picking up shit, sitting on statues. Being an owl is way more philosophically interesting. Um, <laughs> you're right. Um, also, like, here's the thing about, like, other rare animals that I've wondered. You know, you see these, like, birds of paradise in the rainforest, you mm. know, in, in the Amazon or whatever. And there's, like, only a handful of them out there. How do they know that they're the same species as, like, if they see a potential mate walking along in the woods and they're like oh that's another one of me i think if i was one of those rare birds of paradise i'd be thinking i was a monkey or something like how do you know you're like that specific are they just picking up on pheromones or like scent and stuff because i think i'd be very confused if i was a rare animal well if if you're a male bird right you did grow up with a mother of that species, so you know what the other sex looks like already. And if you're a female, sure. I don't know, is there a, a dad bird around sometimes, or do they sort of just go off and do their own things? Most of the dad birds are off 
Well, um, I mean, I think then it's casinos. probably the reality of the animal kingdom that the girls don't have to go looking for the guys. The guys will fucking they'll they'll try and pull their shit on the females whenever they spot but, one. But the thing is, they don't have any sense of self awareness. Like they don't know what they like. How do you know what you are? I'm a person. And I barely know who I am. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what you're attracted to intrinsically, right? Animal instinct. Yeah, but I, it's, I'm, I'm confronted by it on a daily basis. If I was in the jungle uh, and I had grown up like Mowgli and was <laughs> raised by wolves, I would probably be attracted to wolves or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I feel like that if you're Mowgli and you still see like... Like you're then you're age seventeen and you stumble into a camp with humans and you're like, "There's a girl." I think some part of that brain's still gonna kick in and be like, "Oh, hello, okay. ladies, <laughs> hello, ladies." Hello, do you like my loincloth? I can climb trees. Ooh. Is that cool? Come yeah, meet my bear. I, I like, I like the I like the idea of of this person that's been. Brought up without any human contact going, oh, hello, ladies. That's the first thing that it says <laughs> in, in the jungle. <laughs> yeah, the first line he ever has. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, that's, I have no idea where that came from. <laughs> is that, is, is that, this primitive. is a real nature versus nurture thing because that just came out of me and I have no idea where. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that was, the pigeon was a bummer, but then get this, I got stuck behind a dog with dreadlocks as well like one of those what? shaggy dogs it had yeah. really long oh but uh, it was all I don't matted know what kind of, it was all matted oh. and it was like intentionally done oh so it looked like a mop wait it was deliberately dreadlocked well i imagine it was it wasn't because... just like because of you know a lack of care that it's just got all like gross and fucked up it looked like even that and how patterned? dreadlocks work you just let it go and it um it becomes dreadlocks Oh, I'm not an expert on that. I feel like there is an aspect to it where once it's been in a position for ages, it does start to kind of just, I don't know, like the, yeah. the, the lack of washing or whatever after a certain amount of time causes it to like clump together. I'm not, I don't know. I'm just making this up. You can you're get not, like, if you're a dreadlocks expert. I'm not, <laughs> if you, um, if you don't take care of your animal though, and they're, mm. they're like dirty and, and like, you don't tidy them or wash them or take care of their coat, then they will get like knots and tangles and all kinds of shit. But are you saying it was very even? Like, would you say that it had been done or did it look it like they intentional. were? It had a, it had an owner walking yards ahead of it, um, which was kind of annoying because this dog was just zigzagging all over the footpath, hence why I got stuck behind it. Um, and the owner didn't look like... You'd expect like a, a dog with dreadlocks to have an owner with dreadlocks, but she just looked like a Karen-y kind of woman. Mm, I don't know. Well, then but maybe it just It was very like, confusing. Yeah. How do you get stuck behind a dog, though? I mean, you're, you're so much bigger than a dog. Zigzagging. I don't, I'm scared of stepping on it. And it was just, like, zipping all over the footpath. It had no, like, spatial awareness. Very annoying. Mm. Anyway, the end of this saga is this, that I went to a cafe. I never buy my own coffee these days. Try and, you know, try and save, save money, Nick, um, especially in this economy. 
Um, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to have a coffee because I'm out of coffee at home and I'm going to treat myself. Yeah. Guess how much it was for a coffee. I get ice long black. Ice long black. Regular milk? Oh, long no black. Milk. Long black. Ice long black. Uh, just a normal size? I mean, got the biggest size. I'll show you. It's right here. Okay. Ice long black like that. Uh, and it's Melbourne. I'm going to say it costs $7. Very close. Six eighty. Yeah. Can you believe that shit? I could have bought a lettuce with that. <laughs> and you, I mean, that's the best alternative. If you can't get a coffee, the best thing to wake you up in the morning is some iceberg. Isn't that crazy that like lettuce is more expensive than chicken now? Like that's an insult to chickens. Like yeah, if I was a crazy. chicken, I'd be like, that's fucking rude. Yeah. You know what I I'm saw a- the other day, which I always thought was um, backwards was that chicken thigh is more expensive than chicken breast these days. And I, yes. I reckon historically, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that thigh was looked down upon as the, um, the lesser of the desirable chicken cutlets. And so you always had to pay more for chicken breast. But it seems like it's flipped now. Well, yeah, I've, I've thought about this recently too. Chicken thigh is, I think, actually, I think amongst the mainstream community... It's like, oh, it's a bit like grosser than breast because breast is very clean. You know, it's not it's not as dark. Yeah. Um, and it's very like palatable. But for cooking purposes, if you ask a chef, chicken thigh they'll say so chicken good. thigh because it retains yeah. the uh, the moisture. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was surprised that chicken thighs were more expensive than breast mm. myself. And the other thing about chicken in, in Coles or supermarkets is that you can buy a rotisserie chicken for ten dollars, and I th- I just think like I'm not sticking up for chickens here, but I think they deserve some sort of a voice because if you if someone put a ten dollar price tag on your life, which included seasoning and labor, for ten dollars I would be very annoyed with that. If it was and you've you, already had a shitty life. Yeah, I mean the um the the rotisserie chickens at our supermarket like sixteen dollars now. So they're 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 and that even if you took into account New Zealand dollar versus Oz dollar, I still think that's it, it's clearly more expensive here. Um, so maybe they're getting more. I think sixteen dollars is a is a is a reasonable price. I think it, they should be more expensive. Just, just there we out go. Of like, Michael advocating for. Uh, increasing inability for the lower class to be able to feed themselves good food um welcome to deep thought everybody this is a podcast in which we take on the issues of the day um with a light but sometimes in-depth flavor um that hopefully leads to societal change sitting through the internet with me this week michael my yeah hi okay you seem like you didn't recognize your own name and my name is nick Hi, Nick. Hi. You didn't do a didn't do any secret recordings at the start of this, did you? No, I think um, I think this one's probably all that we need. A um, lot of lot of good feedback for Laura last week. A lot of lot of applause coming in. A lot of people saying to Chim for her, you know, like bring in Laura, get rid of Michael. Um, you know, so a you lot got of, my emails. A <laughs> lot of enthusiasm, um, and also to be fair, a lot saying. 
just give Laura the podcast said both of you go away. Um, so yeah, a little bit of all, all, all of the above, but nice to, yeah. nice to have her on. She was time. great. Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, I hope this one's a bit lighter. I think, uh, I got some feedback as well that it was, it wasn't with regards to that podcast, that particular episode, but someone, t- someone told me that, um, no one really gives a shit what we think about serious issues and that we get a bit too up our own ass about it. Wow. So that person is wrong. Um, so we can just disregard that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, speaking of. But let's jump straight into, into an abortion. The abortion debate. Yeah. yeah. Um, pretty intense day. Pretty intense. Um you got any? You got any? Th- are you yay or nay on on the, <laughs> the abortion? Uh, the um, I was. I, I don't know if you had specific things lined up for this this week. Um, in terms of discussion, got some lighter seggies at the end. Yeah, I don't know where to get into. Then, if if did you want to talk abortion thing at all? It's pretty fucked, right? Well, yeah. Let's just let's just touch. I I have a couple of questions for you on that, or some things to say. I guess. Um, so today is the whatever the day is. It doesn't matter. Twenty fifth. That they've so the Supreme Court in the U.S. has ruled to overturn the Road versus Wade case. Yeah. You might have to uh, paint this up for me, Nick, because uh, I'm not sure I'm across heaps paint of it. Paint this up. I don't know. Is that an expression? <laughs> I don't think so. You might fill have to the, paint fill this in up the for holes. Me. Okay. Fill in the holes might be better. Sure. But effectively, meaning that so in the 1970s, um, abortion was uh, off there, deemed sure. a constitutional right in in America, and it was decided in a Supreme Court decision, which took it out of the control of the states to legislate. Um, and since then, there has been a conservative movement that has held that that was wrongly decided, and that. Uh, they didn't like the access to abortion that had been uh, granted as a result and has campaigned to overturn it. And the way that you overturn it is by getting a, a uh, a court case, appealing it all the way to the Supreme Court, and then having the Supreme Court decide to take it because they have something legally they want to resolve. With new conservative justices on the court and a case that came, um, up through the, the, appellate court system, um, they finally had the opportunity to make a new statement about the law and basically undid the precedent that the Supreme Court had set 50 years ago um, and have now returned the right to the states to legislate about abortion and removed it as a constitutional right. So um, in the immediate aftermath, some of the conservative states of America have now um, drafted or indeed enacted legislation to make it impossible to have an abortion in that state. That's exactly what I was going to say. Um, so the so just first of all, I just want to clarify anything that I'm about to say with I am pro-choice. The abortion debate, so the abortion debate I feel like doesn't, exist in uh culture in society and it seems to me 
that the two opposing sides are having different arguments entirely. And we only talk, we only talk about people being for it, conservatives, sorry, people being against abortion, conservatives, or people being for it, uh, which is basically everyone else. And I just feel like the conservatives are arguing that abortion should be illegal because they believe that you're killing a human life. And people who are for it, uh, their argument is that they don't believe that it is a human life yet. And I just feel like that debate, that conversation isn't there. It's just kind of uh, assumed that everyone is kind of on the same page. But I just don't think that, um, I don't see much of that conversation happening. It's like either you're for it or against it. And because they are arguing, they're kind of arguing over the top of each other and they're arguing different things. I just feel like this is, it's like a... I don't understand how they're arguing different things. So people who are pro-choice arguing that, will argue that life starts at, um, you know, when you're born or at a certain amount of number of weeks after conception and people who are arguing against abortion arguing that life begins at conception right yeah so i just don't think that they there's like a there is a fundamental disagreement there yeah that's why they're arguing with each other (laughs) i don't understand there isn't there isn't an argument it's there's no uh, there's no argument or no conversation it is just I don't get it. What do you mean? It just means As that in, they, there's no latitude there's no to talk it out. Yes. No but one's how, listening to each other. Well, how are you... What, what, do you, what conversation do you want them to have? I just feel like that, that, that both sides should be listening to each other. Because it's not like this is a clear... That, well, people just act like it's a clear-cut issue, where it's not. It's actually a, it's a lot more complicated... Than people, I think, give it credit for. Which issue? You know, people—the idea of the right to have an abortion, or the idea of at when, at what point a human being becomes alive. Yes, well, it's the, I guess it's the same thing. It's not the same I think thing it's because a, there are many other different arguments for abortion, which are not about this is not a human that I'm disposing of. The uh, many arguments for abortion will acknowledge that the child is alive, but still believe it's a medical necessity if it harms the health of the mother to carry it to term, if it risks their life, if it uh, is financially impossible, if the baby is a result of a rape or incest. You know, there are many other arguments that are pro-choice and and, and the specific phrasing there is deliberate. It's not... um, pro-life anti-life it's it's pro-life pro-choice and the choice is the important thing it's whether or not a woman wants to have that procedure being up to her and her own individual circumstances her own religious beliefs her own designation of when a life begins her own financial circumstances and anything else around it that it is not the state that gets to decide for her that she can or can't have it it is up to her so the argument yes. as to whether or not the life starts at week X or, you know, at birth or at conception 
is just one small part of why a pro-choice person might want uh, that right enshrined. Yes, but people, but conservatives feel that you are killing babies. They think babies are being murdered. I mean, that's, I mean, it's a, it's a Louis C.K. bit. But he, but he he goes into you know what would what are they meant to do if you if they think that babies are being murdered like they believe that babies are being murdered what are they meant to do well they are only representing twenty percent of the population so that you have to either accept that you live in a society which is run as a democracy which holds that majority opinions and uh, you know, popular sentiment and desire for the way they want the world to work um, sometimes means that you don't always get the things that you want and that you have to live with people whose morals you disagree with. Mm. What's this 20%? The the generalized uh, support for abortion protection and, and um, like pro-life views, I believe, is something around two-thirds to three-quarters of America. Right. Interesting. So it is very much not a um, significance, the wrong word, but it's like it's very much a, a smaller section of, of America that that believes to this degree um, that they're killing babies, if that's the thing. And some of it is some of it is, of course, got this this whole religious aspect to it. But other parts of it as well are. Like there is, there is a little bit, I think, of a identity politics kind of thing where a conservative viewpoint sometimes feels like it's held because the results of it are detrimental to their political opponents. And, and the people that are really affected by a decision like this are poor people, people of colour, um, people who don't have, you know, a senator husband who can fly to a different state and still get the abortion if he needs it. You know, mm. I, I think some of it has to be seen through the, um, you know, triggering snowflakes kind of conservative ideology where part of it, you, you amplify that belief on the, on the right because it gets such a reaction from the left. Like for as much as you might believe right. it sincerely or it might come from a religious place or whatever, there is a, a partisan sort of team aspect to it as well, where it, it's like a, a feedback loop and, and you, you become more and more committed to a, a position because it, it cause it riles up the other side. Sure. And yeah, it, it is, it is steeped in uh, religious religiosity. Like this, as far as I can tell, it like comes from, it purely comes from a, a religious or a Christian um, interpretation of, you know, biblical text. Yeah, it, it's a very retrograde position as well. Like that's that that's 80 years ago when, you know, the wife was the person subjugated at home looking after the kids and the, the man got to decide what happened for the family and when they had children and that sort of thing. There's a very sort of... American housewife kind of old timey viewpoint ascribed to it where a woman shouldn't get the right to choose for herself. Yeah. Yeah. And 
it, it's America is such a uh, a mishmash and like so topsy turvy in its in its values. It's it's hard to keep up with. I saw a tweet earlier today that said something along the lines of it's it's funny that um, the people who are say are calling for abortion uh, to be illegal to protect the lives of babies won't um, won't do anything about gun laws well, that yeah. kill you yeah. know children. Um, and then on top of that, there's like, I know it's like on another level, but the marijuana laws like passing through to make it, I mean, it, they, they, in some ways that seems progressive, but their gun laws and their, I mean, this new abortion fiasco is, uh, you know, it's just weird. Well, mar- weird marijuana place. legalization in the US is, is still state by state. So at a federal level, that's not, that's not being permitted. Sure. So it it sure. isn't something you can generalize Generally. it as a, a countrywide thing. But you're right, like the the hypocrisy is there, and I'm not saying anything original here. But but as you say, like they care about the unborn child more than they care about an actual living kid who's been gunned down in a school, or you know the mother who needs healthcare, and they they don't think of healthcare as an essential right over there. So you've got this very like underfunded, over expensive patchwork of healthcare services and things, you know, no access to maternity support mm. uh, What for like, yeah, huge amounts of the population struggle to get the care they need or the midwives they need and all that kind of stuff. So it is, it's all this, that's, that's, as you say, where the facade comes down, because it, it, if you were actually pro-life, that there would be a consistency to all of it, but there isn't. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, it's weird, like to be, in a, in a way, it's like weird because I've had this I've had this argument countless times with people in my family who um, hold religious values that if you're going to say that life begins at conception, it kind of follows that you should value your 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 like individual sperm to like a to a, a similar level. Yeah, like every sperm is a yeah. potential life. Mathematically, one sperm equals. 0.5 of a life so you know if there's a million sperm in your jizz that's 500,000 babies that you're you know flushing down the toilet yeah and it's like this magical god you know is in the bedroom kind of view like god is responsible for any life and he's made a conscious choice to put the egg and the sperm together so we should respect god's uh you know magical you know tool making whatever it is mm. yeah it's uh it's it's a uh, it's a weird time weird time to be an american um i think I that the uh, for as much as this is a conservative win i think it is also very clearly a liberal loss like it is only because of an ineffectual leadership on the left over there a lack of movement to pass any kind of um big picture legalization stuff that to do the necessary things to abolish the filibuster to expand the supreme court which has happened throughout history like a a, resi- a resistance to do any of this out of some ancient irrelevant um honor system where where we'll treat the other side like we're still playing the same game and and they're they're respectable and and um playing by the rules 
so we will too is is just a farce at this point because the only reason that this happened was because they withheld a supreme court seat when obama was still in office they um you know forced one of the just or, or pressured one of the justices to retire in trump's term had two others that came through and it's all a president that was not one with a majority vote in the first place so like the whole mm. architecture of it is is weighted towards this um uh, political imbalance where one team is is playing fucking for keeps they would do anything and any, everything to get their political way and the other one is still sort of dancing along being like well we've got to you know maintain order and we've got to do things the right way and i really want this to be you know bipartisan and, and in the meanwhile like literally every right <laughs> on the um you know legal landscape is being diminished removed or um you know overwritten um so i, I like mm. if i was in america right now I would feel so fucking angry at the the Democrats that I voted into office because they haven't fucking done anything. Sure. Um, America is a unique place in the in the sense that they have very clear uh, divisions of um, how their civilians see the world. Um, they have red states and blue states, and they're very defined. They have the Bible Belt. They have the East Coast and the West Coast, you know, being liberal. Um, and I, I'm not sure if that exists like anywhere in the same way, anywhere else in the world. Um, so they're, they're unique for that um, for that reason. And also I wonder sometimes if we're seeing the demise of America happening before our eyes. They were considered, like when I was growing up, like they were just like America was Team America. They were the best. You know, they were the world leaders. The richest now, country in the world, you know, like... Richest country in the world, the American dream, all that The flagship shit. of, you know, Western democracy. And I wonder if that was, like, largely due to, you know, the fact that they made movies. Um, but, you know, with all this, all this stuff, this kind of regression that seems to be happening... Um, politically and ethically to some level and, you know, the hypocrisy of their invasion of um, Iraq and them fucking up Afghanistan and stuff. Like, it just, it seems like they are, the world has lost confidence in their ability to be a world-leading country. I think that's um, definitely true. And a, a world-leading superpower. But do you, like, first of all, do we need superpowers superpower countries um and is that is that a concept that will um prevail do you think in the future uh do we need superpowers it's a very interesting question i think who are the superpowers there's well, china well that's my that russia was, india yeah. america right i mean india is is population wise and and economics wise very influential but is it a superpower in the sense that it controls international politics and conversations i'm not sure the um the, the in terms of do we need them no perhaps not but i think that they are inevitable if there is a aggregation of resources or um i think if, if it's about a, it's about alliance isn't it 
It's about protection for the other small countries. Well, the, the, the importance of America as a superpower was that it had the economic might, the political respect, and the military firepower to deter the uh, dictatorships and, you know, quote-unquote democracies of, of China and Russia. Um which, if unchecked or or did not have um, an opposing element, could theoretically expand their reach and their um, impact beyond their borders. So I think America had a really important role there. I think the EU, to a certain extent, does represent that, but I don't think you can call it the same individual impact when it's an aggregate like that when when you're relying on a on a super government if you like um, versus one one place led by one person um and i think when you do talk about the decline of america which i think is sort of impossible to avoid it's impossible to really look at america and think yeah things are getting better right like (laughs) um when you look at it through that um, lens of the past 5, 10, 20 years... 20 years, yeah. I think that you have to see hints of a long-term successful Cold War from the other superpowers, from Russia playing this technological game and 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 infiltrating and subverting our own technologies against us to to seed political division to China for building this economic, just incredible engine to which so many other countries in the world are now reliant on for their own economy, exports and shipping and and trade and technology, you know, like all the iPhones are built in China. Um, Like all that kind of stuff has now become reliant on them. And so they have never ceased trying to, expand but the means but which they've been doing it has has changed to you know out outright war and now america is is so factional and devolved to infighting and political um gridlock that now you can see something like russia happen where russia's like okay i reckon we can do a war now (laughs) and and they have the confidence to go out and actually give it a crack um, I don't know that that but would we have are, happened are, if America was still a superpower. But we're potentially also witnessing the fall of Russia as well. Like, maybe not the fall of Russia, but the world has turned its back yeah. on Russia. Yeah. Um, over the of the Ukraine war. Yeah. So does that just leave China? And also, what does that mean for us if China becomes like this superpower? And sub question: Why does anyone care? Like. Why does anyone in government care about being a superpower? As in, why would What's... American government want to be a superpower? Or why does Australia why... care who is a superpower in the world? No, why would the individuals in government... Because we always talk about like the government or these countries becoming superpowers, but they are run by individual people. Mm. Why do these people care? Like, I don't get it. But I don't like, think that they're why? going, oh, you know, off to work today, got a little bit of superpowering to do. 
I, I, I think they do. Okay. Maybe I that's where we disagree. <laughs> but they, they're like putting measures in place for, you know, years down the track for, you know, China to, you know, take over the world. I mean, Are you talking in the lens China? Of, of Chinese government officials? Is that what you're talking about? Or are you talking yeah. about America? You... I'm I mean, talking China, about anyone. China's an interesting government. one because China does have... China fundamentally disagrees with the idea of Western democracy, right? So in an ideal world, mm. they do not want... Uh, they would like their version of, of government and the rights that they allow their citizens to have to be more universally held because every time that the Western world, you know, allows democratic votes and, and allows political um, action and that kind of thing, it threatens the power structures that they have. So hmm. it is it is in their long-term interests to see democracy fail to, to bolster their own arguments for why the status quo there should be maintained or expanded. Yeah. I just I just don't understand. I just don't understand why they care about any of that. Like, I understand, like, the people at the top wanting to maintain their power and their assets and wealth. But, like, I don't know. Wouldn't you just be happier if everyone in your country was happier? I guess... It wouldn't be the engine that it is today, and I think that the truth way, is that people in China are happy. That that they no, they're not. They're not. No, no one in China is happy. I don't, I don't know if that's true. Well, I mean, they just they they see the world differently. They see the world as um, there's less there's no less emphasis on the individual, yeah, and it's more about the hive. You know, they work like bees. You know, it's about the collective, um, which and maybe maybe are we who are we to say that that's wrong? I mean, it just depends what your goal is. If your goal is to, well, and it depends on your definition of human rights, right? Like if you if you believe, you know, uh, not sort of to weave religion back into it all again, but if you believe that you get one life and that this is our only shot, you get it experiencing anything and, and that you ought to have yeah. control over what you want to do to the, you know, to the best of your ability and the circumstances of your birth and area and all that sort of thing, then an impingement on those rights is, is immoral, right? It prevents you from making the most of your freedoms. Yeah. I, I think, I think you're totally right. Religion is at the heart of, of a lot of this, but China is a secular country. For the most I part, don't mean not? that literally. I mean in terms of an atheistic thought or a moralistic thought. I don't mean necessarily mm. religion, but just the idea of of an individual freedom, right? And if you're holding mm. that it is a precious thing to be alive and to get to do um, a limited subset of what you could due to a government's imposition, that, that's an impingement on your, your freedoms. Yeah. God, that just that just really sucks, man. Like, I don't know. It bums me out to think about it, to be honest, because people's yeah these are these are people's lives. These are people's one shot at consciousness for seventy, eighty years, and because of someone else, they just get that shot 
ruined. They just get it wasted. Well, that's that's the tragedy at the heart of the abortion thing. Again, to bring it full circle is that, you know, if you're a 16 year old and and you make a mistake or, you know, worse, someone impregnates you against your will or anything like that, and you don't have the ability to then have a morning after pill or, or get an abortion when you realize you're pregnant, then your entire life goes off on this other trajectory where now you are 16 year old with a kid, uh, a kid that you have to raise, you, you know, there's no support network potentially. So then you're out of school and you have to work as soon as you can. And it just throws everything off. Like it is, it is, uh, if you even survive it, like one of the horrible mm. things as well is the, you know, the ectopic pregnancies, which can kill the mother. And even for those reasons, even if it's for the health of the mother, uh, abortions are being banned. And so it is literally going to kill like one in 50 women who, who mm. medically require it to survive. And, and so that's just literally, yeah, taking away so much freedom, completely ruining, changing lives irrevocably. Is the morning after pill also off the table with this? I don't think so. I think that's a separate thing. I, I, I think it is talking about medical abortions. So once there is a, a designated pregnancy. Hmm. It's so arbitrary, isn't it? Like it just feels for something so, so important. It feels I mean, like there's a lot of arbitration. One of the um, the other um, decisions today from one of the justices talked about exploring further and revisiting cases that allowed same-sex marriage, like um, Obergefell. And talking about contraception and talking about these kind of things. So it is definitely now on the table that those kind of rights and privileges could also be struck struck off. God totally, magic. totally plausible. So yeah, then yeah. then you are talking about no more morning after pills, no more contraception. Like yeah, it it's fucking crazy. And no more gay people. And no more gays. But that's 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 what that's part of the the danger with this stuff. Obviously, is that you. You don't, it's like with drugs. I know exactly what you're going to talk about here. Let me finish your sentence. The danger that they're getting into here is that pregnancy becomes so untenable for so many young people, such a a dangerous thing to consider that everyone has to turn gay. And ultimately they end up sowing a gay republic where by choosing to be gay, you know, 80% of the population no longer has kids at all and avoids pregnancy. And they usher in that gay agenda that they'd been so, you know, against for so long. So maybe there's a silver lining. Such a good point. Um, What I was going to say is that you, you can't stop this stuff from happening. Like with drugs, you... If you don't, if you make it illegal, you just drive it underground, and that's yeah. when it gets dangerous. I mean, it feels like so much of the population in, in at least in Western countries, feels this way, and yet we cannot seem to push through to the to this more progressive way of thinking with regards to you know drugs and 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 abortions and other things you know. But but I think that you know the majority does agree that right like this is a this is a question of 
minority control of our legal systems and our political systems, right? Because most people support the legalization of weed. You know, most people support uh, the right to an abortion, all of this stuff. It's about a minority trying to hold on to a, a power that it, it should rightfully have ceded by now. Um, but that's the thing. We will eventually get there because there's no there's no other way. We will eventually arrive at a place where we, you know, we realize that this stuff is... Uh, um, it's more important to value the lives of 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 women, um, but it's just like a it's just held up. It's but I just don't like think that you, you can guarantee. All you do is putting obstacles. I think. Of, I mean, given an infinite amount of time, sure, but we it, have to go there. But if in the meantime, a conservative movement controls the courts, removes like voting rights so that some people are ineligible, makes it impossible for minorities to have their voice heard, um, you know, gerrymanders the districts so that they can hold on to power beyond that, and then passes or like causes a gridlock in Congress that makes it impossible to pass legislation to undo things, you can very legitimately end up not having a future in which it becomes attainable. Like you can slip into like a, a, a tyranny in that way. If you, if yes, you, uh, it, it's, you know, and, and I'm not saying this is entirely analogous, but if someone like Putin gets into power through a fairly, I mean, very loose words here, democratic means, but then spends 20 years removing any other checks and balances against the power, you end up in a position where it's no longer attainable to undo that. I'm not saying it's the exact same thing here, but there is a risk that it might actually not become possible to overturn some of this stuff unless immediate changes are made. Yeah. Well, what do we do? I don't know. The Nancy Pelosi sent out a, um, a fundraising email being like, we got to, you got to make sure to get out and vote. And it's like, bitch, you're already in power. You're in the majority. <laughs> Fucking do something. What, 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 what is, how, oh. very frustrating. Yeah. Let's, let's move on to something more fun. I actually just realized here that I have a wonderful segue. From, from sorry, your segue is going to be from abortion to something else. Yes, correct. Can't wait to hear this. Alrighty. Let's get into some science news. It's that time. Time for science news. Okay, oh, good vibes, good vibes. Here we go. Um, I'm sensing some skepticism here, Michael, that I can lighten the mood after our abortion discussion um, with a relevant scientific um, bit of information. And to that, I say, pa and f how dare you impugn my ability? Uh, because here I'm, we have... I'm not, and I, I'm not skeptical. I'm, I'm just enthusiastic. I'm excited to see how you do it. Yeah. Uh, an article here from the spin-off in New Zealand publication uh, entitled, We Need to Talk About How Frogs 
used to be pregnancy tests. Brilliant. As recently as the 1970s, pregnancy testing involved sending pee away to be injected into a live frog. Pee pee. The urine. The the pee. Urine. The pee. The the yellow gold. You're in trouble, mate. There we go. Um, Our uh, modern testing uh, methods are pee on a stick, knowing within minutes after drooling into a vial or something, whether you're pregnant or you have COVID or you're on MDMA, Um, but it hasn't always been so cute and convenient. One of the most popular methods used to diagnose pregnancy over 50 years ago was by injecting a local frog with some wee. This was well documented around the world in the late 1920s and early 1930s. A British scientist named Lancelot Hogben began experimenting with injecting hormones into frogs to see what happened. The Hogben test, as it came to be known through the 40s, 50s and 60s, involved injecting a urine sample under the skin of a South African clawed frog. Other types of frogs worked as well. Within 12 hours, the frog would yield a result. If the urine contained HCG, human... chorionic gonadotrophin nailed it Mm. a hormone excreted in urine during pregnancy the frog would begin to spawn the hogben test was the most prolific form of pregnancy testing until at least the early 1970s in Aotearoa, new zealand um the accuracy rate of the frogs was 12 percent positive the first week after the last misperiod 58 percent positive after the second week and 93 percent Accuracy after the third week from the last missed period. There were frog dealers that would sell African clawed frogs, but local frogs were a good substitute. Um, so when frog supplies ran short, local school kids were encouraged to go on frog catching expeditions and could be paid as much as two shillings and sixpence per frog. <laughs> uh, then they had to, of course, store the frogs. They needed to... Um, Unlike the mice and rabbits that were being used as test animals and other things, the frogs actually survived the testing process and could be reused. So then they had to like house these frogs and keep them alive so you could keep testing for pregnancy. Um, Urine frogs. But yeah, um, there's a lot more interesting stuff here. I've put the um, the link to the, the spin-off article in the chapter title of this podcast, so please go have a, a read. But um, what do you think of that? Using frogs to, um, to know if you're pregnant. I mean, it sucks to be the frog, but... How do they find that out? Like, science used to be just, what if we did this and then see what, if, what happened? What if, and hear me out, what if we used frogs? That's why you never trust a guy named Lancelot. If you name your kid Lancelot, he's <laughs> yeah, going Lancelot to be a cunt. Husband. <laughs> yeah. He's going to be a freak and he's going to be antisocial. Here, here's, here's the, what's the word? Devil's, devil's advocate? Devil's anal. Yeah, here's the devil's advocate position here. Currently, I don't know how often you're doing rat tests or pregnancy tests. A lot of wasted plastic going straight in the bin. Frogs are a greener alternative. That's there's there's no wrapping. Literally. Yeah. There's there's no wrapping, you're not you know, throwing any plastics into the ecosystem. Yes, you're taking some of the ecosystem out of the ecosystem, but you know. Sure, Nick. Um let me ask you a question. Um, how do you feel about makeup 
testing on on monkeys. You feel good about that as well? <laughs> yeah, I love Very it. Very green. I think it actually like really lifts their. Uh... <laughs> Are you just imagining a monkey with like heaps um, of makeup with lots on? of makeup? Yeah, with yeah, a very it's really cute. Eyeshadow. It is really cute. Yeah, they, Peter never talks about that. They never. Do they? They, they never, never talk, talk about how that. fucking adorable those monkeys yeah, look. Those monkeys with could eyeliner get it. and yeah, very pretty monkeys. <laughs> Snip that one out for later use. Uh, uh, yeah, it was well segued, Nick. Well segued. No Laura, but if you've enjoyed this kind of thing, um, well, I don't know exactly how to take to that because it's such a strange thing to take enjoyment from but look i appreciate it all the same um you can find more episodes in our podcast feed and you can get in touch with us with so many ways you can send us an email to deepfort.gmail.com you can head to our facebooks or our instagrams you can go to spotify and listen to our songs you can find us on soundcloud you can follow us on twitter for notifications when episodes go up you can do everything that makes you feel good in this world so long as it doesn't infringe on the human rights of others <laughs> There's no way anyone enjoyed us talking about abortion for 45 minutes. Yeah. Well, that's what you get with this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you get. Things that you don't want to listen to. Yeah. Um, Do you want me to do a thing? Yeah, I do have a mailbag. Again, I feel like I'm segueing to myself, but I I wonder if we should jump into the mailbag because I just talked about it. Yeah, sure, Nick. Let's just do everything you want to do. Great. Let's do a mailbag. Mailbag, mailbag, it's a weekly mailbag. Deep thoughts, mailbag. All right. As you know, um, just from <laughs> from history, we only tend to do a mailbag when <laughs> there's been mail in the mailbag. Uh, but let's have a look. Oh, look, there's an e- there's an email. Um, this one comes in from a deep thought listener, Casper. Uh, with the what? subject level, latest app. Hello world, long time listener, long time contributor, number one fan, only fan, silent partner, trainee pilot. Big, big descriptor. <laughs> Firstly, congratulations on the pod. I know the last 10 years or whatever kind of been easy for you two, especially Nick. So congratulations for not killing each other or worse, the vibe. Well, we did kill the vibe. <laughs> Unnecessary swipe at me there. Yeah. Secondly, when did Michael get so woke? I leave for like two months and he's having reasonable discussions and acknowledging bias. It's almost like he was right wing just to rile me up. I kind of was. Thirdly, and this is a throwback. When I left Australia, Michael started to tell the story of our teary farewell on the pod. And then you both started talking about (laughs) rising petrol prices. I got to write in at the time. So I'm doing it now. The insult of being eclipsed, nay replaced by late stage capitalism. Well, you know, if you don't have anything, uh, interesting to say about rising petrol prices and you shouldn't be doing a podcast and uh i'm glad to say that we we steered into it and uh, i think that our viewers appreciated it i don't remember that conversation neither do i, I. will say just to give casper his uh, day in the sun because i know he's he's probably lonely over there and desperate for attention when i said when casper and i said goodbye well, casper's a very different when he and i said goodbye to each other I turned into a big pile of shit. I like, I just cried. I oh, wept. I didn't know how to interpret that sentence. I turned into a big pile of shit. It's very, it's very difficult to understand what you're sort of getting at there emotionally. But yeah. Oh, well, I was. Um, and it would have been very weird because we were, 
we went out for a beer and we were just like goofing around for like an hour and a half, two hours, whatever. So people around us would have just seen us just like being loud and obnoxious and being Couple silly. Of lads on and the then, town. And then all of a sudden we're both crying and hugging. Aww. Like it must have been a very weird situation. Oh, that's for... cute. It was cute. But yeah, those petrol prices, they're insane. They're insane right now. Um, I don't know what it's like over there, but right now it's like $2.92. That's so much. It's so much. In the States, it's like five bucks. Is that right? Well, that's for a gallon though. So I don't know how that, oh, right. I don't okay. know how to translate that. I was yeah. driving um, down Barbados today and Barbados Street sort of goes parallel to Fitzgerald. But the McEwen there, it was like $2.92. And then around the corner on Stanmore, two seventy one. And I was thinking, what the fuck are you doing? Because there were people filling up there and you could drive one more minute around the corner and mm. get to like a 20 cents a litre saving. Yep. Pet- petrol petrol prices at $2 a litre, that's like the, the same price as lettuce. Brought back lettuce. <laughs> you did bring back lettuce. You were you were a Vespa driver for a while. Yeah. Would you ever go back um, to a scooter? Does that is that more economical? It would really suit my needs here in the inner city, Melbourne. Um, I did enjoy. It wasn't really a Vespa. I thought I was like, uh, what's his name in uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's or what is it? Italian Holiday. Um, Gregory Peck. But in reality, I just look like a dickhead with a <laughs> giant helmet that was double XL on my. You're uh, a big-headed man. I'm a small-headed man. I'm an XS. You're an XS? Head. I'm an XS, and I would use my dad's helmet, which is a double XL. So Okay, so um, that might have been the reason. Yeah, I got I got knocked around, not by falling off the bike, but just the, the helmet <laughs> wobbling and giving me concussion because it was too loose. You know the thing that would always put me off a like a motorcycle or a Vespa or something like that is not having music is not like you can't really put earphones in. It's not safe, but you don't have that cabin anyway to sort of muffle the, the road noise of whatever anyway. So like so much of what makes a drive sort of palatable to me is being able to listen to music or put on a podcast or something. Mm, yeah. But speaking on behalf of all, uh, Motor motorcyclists, the wind becomes your music, and the uh, the breeze is your podcast. Um, so you don't need it. What you lose in in a car with the audio uh, options, you you gain in in nature. So are you singing along to the breeze? Like are you like oh that's a yeah. that's an F that's an F. Oh, la, I'd la, sing la, to the breeze. La, yes. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And, and, you know, the breeze sings with you sometimes. Oh, that's deep. As well. Oh, that's deep. So harmonies. Yeah, well. Harmonies with the air. Uh, little, 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 um, I just want to check in with a few sort of life things just briefly. Um, I was wondering if you'd started reading How to Be Perfect yet. Have you had a, have you cracked that book? I've read 10 pages. That is all you need. You've done. What did you think? Uh, no, I'm enjoying it very much so far. I'm currently reading three books at the moment. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. Um, so, um, it's on the it's on the ro- on the on the rotation, but uh, yeah, I will uh, continue to read that. Um, Thank you. 
I, uh, I want to give a tiny little bit of a plug for myself as well. Uh, this coming Thursday in New Zealand, 30th of June, uh, Good Grief Season 2 comes out on TVNZ+. So after, after 18 months, we have a, a second season about to hit screens over here. And if you are internationally listening, if you're in Australia and US, UK, Canada, um, please stay tuned because it will be coming there soon too. Um, but yes, please, if you've enjoyed that first season, and I heard from, from many of you that you did, uh, thank you. And in New Zealand, please check us out. June 30, um, TVNZ Plus. Six uh, 25-minute episodes, longer episodes, more more good stuff coming. More bang for your buck. More bang for your book. When's it coming to Oz? I don't I have a know. date for you just yet, but I'm hoping it won't be too far behind. Okay, so just not going to get a, an advanced screening? I haven't even seen the final episodes. The last I heard, we were still in post-production, so it is going to be very, very close to the wire. Um, but... Theoretically, in five days, it will be out, um, and I look forward to seeing them. All right, I'll get a VPN. Yeah, you could. You absolutely could. Um, and then watch it again on SBS if it appears there later. Of course. And on that note, just very briefly, I'll also say, if you're on TVNZ+, Plus, uh, please check out One Way Out, which was an escape room reality show series that um, I designed all the puzzles for. Um, it's like teams of people going through these escape rooms being eliminated working their way through three different rooms there's this fun overarching narrative um it was really fun to work on and it's like 10 minute episodes so you can burn through this shit so easily um that's on tvnz plus too if you like escape rooms or um a bit of fun please watch it um i don't know if that'll end up internationally but if you're local give it a give it a listen what do you got on your um your piece of paper there uh, I have a Michael's Facts. Love it. Cool. I'm contractually required to say that I love it, even though we have previously established that this was a stolen segment and you've never apologized. Never will. Not my style. <sighs> Play the music. Michael's Facts. Michael's Facts. Facts machine. Oh, here's a fact. You've got So this segment, just to recap, is basically just things that I have wondered about and then Googled. Nothing more, nothing less. <laughs> I mean, arguably less, but continue. Maybe less, but definitely <laughs> nothing, not more. Nothing more, possibly less. <laughs> so have you ever wondered why? I mean, okay, so first of all, eggs, eggs. Big theme, big running theme on this podcast. It's, it's We're obsessed grown. with eggs. Yeah. We are obsessed with eggs. This might might as well be called the egg show. <laughs> I really thought you were um, going with eggheads, but go on. Yeah. So I'm always thinking about eggs. And the other day I was wondering, why are eggs a breakfast food? Why are they so associated with breakfast? You ever thought about that, Nick? That's wild. That's that's yeah. I mean, I suppose you could you could have like a frittata or something or a quiche for dinner. That's sort of eggy, isn't it? Yeah, you can. You but can. you're right. It's it is very heavily morning. It is. So I'll tell you why that is. Please. 
So um, eggs naturally became a breakfast staple because chickens and most other birds lay their eggs in the morning. And it made sense for farmers to eat the eggs at their freshest. So back in olden times, eggs were around, but people didn't actually use to eat breakfast that much. What they would do is they usually, especially in Europe, they would eat two meals a day. They'd eat lunch and dinner and they'd save breakfast for the elderly and infants and laborers. Right. So eggs became a breakfast food because they were so ubiquitous, but they were also so uh, such a good source of protein that would sustain you throughout the day. And it was also a very cheap alternative for meat. Yeah, right. So breakfast, uh, eggs just kind of waddled their way into becoming something you ate in the morning. Um, because that's when they were laid. Because that's where the eggs were laid. Mm. Oh, but that's interesting. Anyway, how many eggs? One, I... How many eggs do you go for when you're like, let's say you're you're poaching or you're scrambling? How many eggs are you putting in a pan for yourself? Um, if I'm doing a scram, if I'm doing a scrambled egg, probably three or an omelet, three. Yeah, I agree. Yep, three minimum. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm more of a boiled egg eater. But you'd have just the one. Oh uh, yeah, maybe two. If I may, if I'm getting ramen, I'm all, always getting extra boiled egg. You do want an extra egg, yeah. but they often well it depends where you go. Sometimes you only get half an egg anyway. Yeah, but um, anyway, I guess kept that one short because the last time I just rambled like a fucking idiot. Yeah, there was a lot of popcorn, but that that I don't know that was interesting. Mm, cool. Mm. <laughs> um, what else? What else? Uh. uh, uh. Uh, so I watched, this is just, I don't know what this is, but I watched um, Hereditary the other night, uh, last night. I rewatched Hereditary. Remember that movie? The horror movie. Yeah. The horror movie. I don't get scared a lot in movies, but that movie is so like messed up. Horror movies don't really do it for me anymore. They don't get me off. But uh, on the back of this movie, I had this terrifying dream that a giant orangutan with okay. horns was that in with the movie? horns no no it was just uh i think it was the embodiment of of grotesqueness okay um for my dreams You're really purposes. reading into that yeah well it was just like this monster which mm. I've, I've never dreamed about a monster i mean i'm not a child mm. um and it had it had it was a giant orangutan with horns, mm. and um, it just didn't it didn't like my ad- <laughs> didn't like my attitude, mm. and it could talk, and it it said I don't like you, and I was like oh, I've done nothing to you, and it was like just get out of my get out of my face, and I had literally done nothing to this orangutan. It just didn't like the cut of my jib. Go any go any. Is this interesting? <laughs> I just wanted to tell you about my dream. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I don't really. I mean, I can't. I can't really. You can't jump, say anything. I can't jump into. There's nothing. I wasn't there. <laughs> I didn't see it. Orangutans are not generally like spooky monsters. They're not. Um, no. Did I, t- did I mention it had horns? It had horns. Yeah. 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 There's. There's. It's no- kind of like a. 
a minotaur kind of vibe. Sure. Yeah, it's not yeah. really. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great in terms got, of a conversation starter. So you got no thoughts on that whatsoever. No, not re- not really. Oh, how how do you feel now? <laughs> yeah, I guess it's uh, dead air. Well, at least I got it off my chest. <laughs> I don't know that it'll make the cut. <laughs> no, definitely don't include. Please don't include that. It's embarrassing. <laughs> I do. Okay, I do have one question. I do have one question mm. for you. Mm. Um, this this is, you know, classically, this podcast had big moral conundrums at Ambitions. the heart of it you know yeah. like it was it was a philosophical thing it was it was a a, a real sort of heady kind of discussion and that, that, you know over the various years as we solved all the philosophical problems we drifted into politics and, and you know science and that kind of stuff but i got a real classic philosophical question if you right. went to a masseuse and you booked for a one-hour appointment would you expect one hour on the table of a massage or one hour walk in, sit down, fill out the form? What are you, what would you like today? How are you doing? You know, okay, that's it for today. Get up, get dressed. All right, please place your credit card here. Out the door, ding, 60 minutes. Oh, the first one. I think that that's you a won't... very reasonable position to take. If you Don't book a one hour you. massage... You get one hour of massage. Well, I went to a masseuse and I got a 45 minute massage. And at the end, when I was polite and I, you know, got dressed and I looked at the clock and I said, oh, you know, just a little surprise. It felt quite short. And she said, well, you had a one hour appointment. And so that's been one hour. We started at 5.15. It's now 6.15. Off you go. And I said, oh, well... Yeah, I just, I guess I would have thought that if you book for one hour, that it meant an hour of massage. And any of the other stuff, the extraneous stuff around it, that fits in outside of that time. And she got so shirty with me. No. She was so not having it. She was like, well, if you went to a lawyer's office and you had an Uh hour appointment, would you expect them to do all that stuff outside? I was like, it's not a fucking lawyer. It's not. Wow. Uh, and and I was like, I, I looked at the website and I was like, it says one hour massage, you know, $90 or whatever. And she was like, yeah, it doesn't one, say hour. one hour massage inclusive of admin. No, it's one hour massage. And I, 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 you know, I still paid. I didn't lie back down on the bed and say, do more. You know, I, I, I was just like constructive yeah, feedback. Me. This is, I think, a bit misleading. And she's like. Well, yeah, you know, a handful of other people have said that to me. I was like, well, then fucking change your website. Just put what? it on there. You know, one hour appointment inclusive of everything. You know, you will not get one hour of massage when you book your one hour massage appointment. Oh. Why would she volunteer that other people? I don't know. To her. I don't know. What an idiot. And then she no, later tried to okay. back, back, like go backwards on it. And, and. I was like, well, if other people have said this to you, like, it's not a hard thing to fix, to make clear. If you want to run your practice such that one hour includes everything, you have to be out the door after that time, fine. 
but just tell people up front. It's very easy to resolve that ambiguity. Don't act surprised if someone comes in expecting it for one hour. And she's like, well, it says one hour appointment. It's like, well, yes, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it was so infuriating. Well, good on you for com- confronting that because I yeah. would have never have done that. <sighs> Do you want to know the awkward thing, though? So this was... You, got a ha- you went back in and got I, a happy ending. I got a happy ending. Well, this was after the happy ending. Um, no, the awkward thing was this is a substitute for my normal place. My my normal masseuse had COVID, sadly. And so I, I needed a massage. And I looked around and I found one literally the street behind me, like the exact other side of the block. And in fact, when I came in and we were talking at the start... I was like, oh, I just live over, you know, over on the other side. And she was like, oh, are you in the red house? And I was like, yeah. Did you have uh, people on the roof yesterday? I was like, oh, yeah, actually. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, yeah. I, you, I look straight back up onto you. So after this awkward encounter, every time I go out into my backyard and look out across at the other block, I'm like, she's in there. She's in oh there. Oh, my God. She's watching me. Oh, God. That's no, I don't like that one bit. There's your ghost story. Are you going to go back? Nah. I mm. might move. Move houses. I think move. Yeah. Move houses. Yeah. yeah. You can't live there anymore. I don't think so. No. <laughs> I, I didn't know you had a roof. <laughs> yeah, we got a roof now. Are you, I can't believe you've got a roof. That's pretty fancy. Yeah. Keeps the water off. Uh, quite handy. You have people on the roof. What? You said, didn't she say you had people on the roof? Yeah. Workers. Oh, I thought you were hosting. No, we don't have like a rooftop like party area. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no. The strangest just... thing about that was that you had like a rooftop party. Yeah. <laughs> well, so that's, we, that's, yeah, that's, that's not the nick up. I know. Yeah. 